Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we'll be speaking with Alec Dixon, co-founder of SC Labs. SC Labs uses the company's 10 years of historical data and trend analysis to help clients develop proactive strategies to ensure successful testing results through through root cause analysis and environmental assessments. Welcome, Alec. How are you today? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an so, yeah, honor to be here. So, Alec, if you would, if you would uh, give our audience some background on yourself and how SC Labs got into the cannabis testing. Okay. Um, so, so myself, um, um, I'm originally from Roswell, New Mexico, and um, I was uh, joined the Navy and was in the submarine uh, force in the Navy for five years, um, um, from 18 to 23. Um, uh, when I got out of the Navy, I met my now ex-girlfriend, um, who was um, who's one of the most influential uh, people in my life, um, and she and her father from California um, turned out to be you know, foreshadows some of the greatest teachers and mentors I've had in my life that introduced me to the cannabis plant and helped rebirth me into service, you know, away from the military and more to the plant, to plant cannabis. And so I moved to California, um, moved up to Mendocino County. Um, I was, uh, it was there where, you know, my life changed forever. You know, I was introduced to organic lifestyle, organic food, um, learning how to grow cannabis organically. And, you know, that really just changed my whole life. Um, I was up there for a couple of years and uh, moved to Santa Cruz. And it was when I was in Santa Cruz, I, was, I started working um, in hydroponic stores, specialty garden supply stores, helping people find the solutions of, you know, what type of potting soils or, you know, organic pesticide solutions they could use. And so it was a very formative time in my life um, that, you know, kind of I had foundation farming and growing, you know, that kind of then got sharpened up, uh, through working at the hydroponic stores. And it was really there that, um, you know, I was able to meet who, who has come, become one of my um, business partners and great friends in life. Uh, his name is Josh Warzer, and he, uh, he he was living in Santa Cruz with his girlfriend at the time. And um, he actually applied for a Craigslist post. Um, as he's, he's a chemist from Wisconsin. And so he applied uh, while we were friends kind of back in uh, 2008, uh, 2007, 2008. He, uh, yeah, he was, you know, letting me know that he got a job as a, as a cannabis scientist for the first cannabis uh, testing lab in the nation up in Oakland. And, uh, you know, I was mind blown, kind of fascinated by that the whole time. And, you know, six, eight months into, into Josh working there as the lab director, um, at this lab, um, up in Oakland, uh, he, you know, we were just in conversation and he was kind of sharing with me his, his idea of how he thought he could do it a lot better. And, you know, that just really sat in my mind, like, what is a cannabis testing lab anyway? And um, so, so kind of, you know, I was, I was, you know, synchronistically able to kind of help align a meeting where um, I brought the scientists to the table. And one of my other good buddies brought um, one of the, you know, who, you know, our, our, our CEO and business partner, Jeff Gray, to the table. And, you know, we, we met in Santa Cruz. 
at um, a restaurant, had one conversation, and it's now been 10 years, uh, kind of married at the hip. Um, SC Labs was formed um, back in January 2010. And yeah, over this past decade, you know, it's been flown by um, faster than any other period of time in my life. And it's been one of the most educational experiences in my life, learning the science of cannabis and, and how to help, um, you know, those that we serve uh, optimize what they do and uh, learn how to do it better from a more science uh, grounded standpoint. I love it. I love to see just your evolution in the industry of growing the plant, working in garden stores and, you know, helping these folks get their gardens turned on. You know, you're doing this in the very early stages of the California medical market. Uh, I know it's been around since the late 90s, but, you know, still from a regulated standpoint, you guys were coming into this uh, in, in 2010. How how hard was that to to really penetrate the market when there wasn't a lot of demand for testing, we'll call it, from a regulatory standpoint. How did you guys navigate that and create a, a, I guess, a new service that has not necessarily been mandated? And so, how did that how did that actually happen and function? Thank you. Um, yeah. So that got to pretty uh, very. Um, observed or, or just uh, very, very good insights. Um, you know, cause when we, when we opened, yeah, exactly. If you're right. Um, you know, back, back then I was still kind of, you know, I had a small indoor farm kind of in Santa Cruz and, you know, I was still going down to LA and, um, Los Angeles trying to find, you know, kind of dispensary partners that I was working with at the time in this medical space. And, um, and, you know, when we opened up the lab, you know, kind of, I was, you know, when I was going down South and I was, you know, developing relationships with different um, dispensary owners and and people that I was meeting, you know, I was kind of sharing what we do and you know the role we 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 you know the the business that we formed at SC Labs and you know kind of I'd put my you know testing hat on and try to try to pitch or or share with with somebody that I met you know kind of what we were doing and and it was almost immediate rejection you know because you know we were going to dispensaries and dispensary owners you know telling them about the lab testing side of the community and, and we would almost get laughed out of the building, you know, cause we're talking to people that normally sell cannabis one direction to you or to the consumer. And they, and so, and we were asking them to, you know, give us some money and give us some, some, some cannabis. And then we were going to, you know, in a few days, give them back a PDF report with, with, you know, a bunch of details on it. And so it was a really hard sell at first that, there was no real demand, you know, for, for it at all. But, you know, really, um, you know, really it was, it was the beginning of, you know, kind of the potency testing kind of conversation that, you know, really kind of, you know, in a bit of a way did it, did some disservice, I think in the long run to the cannabis testing, uh, to this, you know, cannabis community. Cause you know, there was a, you know, at, at first kind of the only real test that there was any demand on was around THC. So people would, you know, test a dispensary flower on their shelf. And, you know, if they're tested really high, then, you know, all of a sudden that was the first point at which people saw any value in testing. And so, you know, it wasn't until, you know, many years later that, you know, the, the community from public health and safety standpoint really started kind of cleaning up practices around, you know, pesticides used and sprayed from, you know, EPA regulated agriculture industry. And, you know, you know, we were, we've always been kind of on this mission to help people open up and educate some more organic options. At, yeah, first, um, you know, the, the, the you know, real only demand for testing was around potency, you know, to kind of, you know, begin marketing the difference between strains. 
so that they could charge a better price or higher price. And, you know, there largely wasn't any real uh, thought or concern around uh, microbiology testing or pesticide testing. And so that really began the process of, you know, kind of, you know, one of our taglines of our business, you know, the science of cannabis and kind of knowing, know your medicine and, and, you know, kind of, you know, working to help educate, you know, kind of all the way down the supply chain to the consumer level around why it is important to test or why from a consumer standpoint, you should care and, and, and helping to educate, you know, um, whether it's working with retail dispensary owners to educate their bud tenders and staffs around their staff around kind of cannabis science, terping content, you know, the size of cannabinoids, you know, but that's kind of really the foundation, but it was, it was kind of through really, you know, trying to empower and educate others on how to do a better job or, how to, you know, why they should care about pesticides that are, you know, systemic and translaminar. It was really that kind of pathway that, you know, we realized, you know, it's like our services is, is, is not in any way valuable unless we are, you know, rooted in an educational foundation. Let's try to each one teach one, you know, and try to empower people with other, uh, you know, with information and knowledge on how to, you know, why, why it's important. Alec, let's take a quick break and we come back. We will continue with the conversation. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. I've got Alec Dixon, co-founder of SC Lab. So Alec, it's it's pretty wild to see that you know your the testing is really to protect the the community from you know these pesticides and these pathogens and these things. And when you got started, it's pretty wild to see that it was really utilized for the wrong purpose or really just given THC numbers. But I get it; it was a marketing ploy. There was no demand, and so it's neat to hear your your story 
uh, and how th- how your business evolved. I haven't heard this before, and so this is this is fascinating for me to re- really understand how the California market perceived testing initially, and then obviously now, like you're saying, we're testing for everything. Um, one of the things I read about you guys was when you first started testing, you guys were looking at 15 cannabinoids. Uh, or no, you were looking at, let's see, you started testing only a few uh, cannabinoids yep. and terpenes, and now you're up to like 15 to th- 15 cannabinoids and 35 terpenes. What's allowed you guys to expand um, looking at more of these of these compounds? Well, how, how have you been able to expand that? What's allowed you to do that? Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's been really fascinating. It's one of the, I mean, one of the most fascinating experiences of my life to be involved in science and cannabis and testing and and just over a decade, how much not only we as an institution have learned and 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 you know elevated our own awareness around you know the science of cannabis, but you know just I think the whole world is you know just you know just by the day you know kind of I remember when we opened you know by the day there was just you know hundreds and hundreds of like, just you know endocannabinoid systems science of cannabis is you know starting to really explode. It's one of the more you know scientifically inquired kind of peer reviewed directions you know kind of. And so, you know, just I, I, as I, as the community, as the the collective consciousness, and as you know, those who serve the cannabis plant, you know, in, in any and all you know space or state or country, you know, I think you know there, there's this passion for this plant, and and you know, as awareness and information comes out, it's like it's, you know, it's the most some of the most empowering information you can find, and you know, and so so you know, with cannabis and you know, with cannabinoids and terpenes, you know, exactly what you're saying. At first, we. We start with five cannabinoids, THC, THCA, CBD, CBDA, CBN, you know, and then, so as, you know, over the last decade, and then same thing with, with terpenes, you know, we didn't launch terpenes until about 2013, but, you know, over the, over the eight years that we've been testing terpenes, you know, we're not testing for about 34, 35 different terpenoid compounds, um, you know, but, but essentially, you know, as, you know, the scientific industry around servicing cannabis science, you know, from, from the, the reference standard companies that make these analytical reference standards for laboratories to be able to access, you know, to be able to test for CBGA or THCVA, you know, um, these, uh, you know, these cannabinoids kind of slowly were, you know, the, the reference standards were, you know, kind of as the awareness was kind of expanding, the reference standards were kind of opening up to the laboratory's ability. And, and I think, you know, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, from a cannabis farmer standpoint, you know, I'm the, you know, with, you know, it's like if you have a passion and an interest in this plant, you know, then, then, you know, you're not just satisfied with the standard status quo. And, you know, it's like, if you're, you know, if we're still testing for, you know, five cannabinoids, it would kind of not really be relevant in the conversation. And so, you know, I think from the testing standpoint, you know, being able to us, us stepping into our thought leadership space and position and, you know, kind of, analytical testing world for cannabis, you know, it's, a, it's kind of what you pay attention to, you become conscious of, you know, and so kind of that's been a really big path forward, you know, and then just on a real quick note, you know, with pesticides, you know, I think that's a really good example. You know, when we, when we first opened, you know, we were really, you know, kind of all of me and my partners coming from a foundation of farming and growing cannabis, you know, we, we all kind of had this, you know, early awareness around, you know, there are things that are sprayed that are organic and there are things that are sprayed that are toxic and have a 60 day residual half-life on the plant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could, we could kind of always tell that these, these, you know, these are bad, you know, and, and, and from the hydroponic store, you know, when I was working within these especially hard garden supply stores, you know, I would see people come in, you know, that, that were in absolute panic mode because they have some 
super gnarly infestation of spider mites where their entire buds are webbed over yeah. and you know it's three four weeks out from harvesting and they're coming in panicking like what do i do what do i do and it's like well it's you know you're a few weeks out from, from harvesting your plants you know there's you can't you don't really have much option, many options you're limited yeah you're very limited and and whatever you spray is going to degrade the product and that's potentially it. harm harm somebody that's going to smoke it especially if you're using like avid fluoromite eagle 20 oh, yeah. you know yeah. some organophosphates you know that are acyl acylcholine esterase inhibitors like you know so i mean and but 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 just from very early on standpoint i would see this this ethic or this um you know, it's almost like a line that would be crossed. You know, there's some people, a lot of people that serve this plant would never in their right mind think of spraying a poison on this plant because it's sure. this great medicine for this great purpose of healing. But, but, but there was a split in consensus, you know, of people that were making money off this plant where I, I just saw this ethic where it's like, oh no, I got to spray every poison you have behind the counter because I'm not going to lose this crop, you know? And so, you know, I just, just witnessed this, almost like a crime, you know, of, of, of like, who's, I would never in my life want to consume that cannabis. You, you know, through two weeks from harvest, you're spraying three different, you know, Dow DuPont poisons on the plant. It's like without any regard to what it's going to do down the line, just to pass that off to somebody so you can make maximized buck. That was kind of a really, really formidable moment in my life. That's that formed us at ST Labs and our, our, our understanding of like what we're doing, you know, just really positioning, because you know, a lot of people didn't know, a lot of people didn't care, you know. But when we opened up, we we started testing for S or sorry, twelve of the most common pesticides that were used on cannabis at the time, and you know, and 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 then the period of time where we we were we're testing those compounds, you know, from from 2015 to 2017, you know, kind of we we saw anywhere from just on those twelve pesticides, we'd see on flower, we'd see a thirty percent fail rate, um, and on on the extracts you know, kind of getting closer to distillation, we'd see anywhere from 50 to 75% fail rate for any one of, for one of these 12 pesticides. So it was like horrifying fail rates, you know, but then when we, when we see 2018 kick in with California establishing Prop 64, legalized cannabis and this new comprehensive regulated compliance space, you know, we've seen just from the beginning of 2018 till now, you know, now, even though we're, even though the state has expanded the repertoire of pesticides up to 66 of the most common ag pesticides sprayed and used in California, we've seen the fail rate on flour go down to less than 2%. You know, even though, you know, from, from the time when it was 30% fail rate for these 12 pesticides in this unregulated space, you know, and then, and then I'm thinking of extract. So, you know, in flour and extract across the board, like tied together from 2018 to now, you know, we've seen the, pesticide fail rate for category one, category two pesticides. Yeah. Go down to less than 3% fail rate across all categories. It. I love it. And that was from 30 great. to 75% in an unregulated space. But that's sorry for the up point. No, that's great though. This is good to hear to truly understand. I mean, you're seeing firsthand what the consumers are ingesting, whether they're smoking it or eating or whatnot. And to hear these types of numbers were so bad. And then now they've cleaned up that. Well, that's exciting. That just goes to show that, um, the growers are getting better. They understand, um, you know, how to work in this environment. It's not easy going from the black market, doing what you want to do to now following these rules and regs. And so this is really neat to see your perspective and how you're seeing these trends. I will say, well, one of my original clients almost from eight years ago, based out of Massachusetts, I'm not going to name them, but they were in an article last week and they're a very large brand with a hundred thousand square foot of cannabis. Oh, I heard about that. 
Yep. And so they got popped $200,000 fine for using an unregistered pesticide. And I just shake my head because what the hell are they thinking? You know, this is a very big organization. The woman who runs it's a PhD uh, doctor and physician. They know better than this stuff. And I just shake my head at how do they do this? And they're one of the leaders in the space there in that market. They are set the example, led by example. They were were the original eight to be licensed. And I just, I can't believe that they would stoop that low, that they don't have a conscious uh, and have a moral standpoint to what they want to provide consumers for an end product. You know, it just blows my mind. And so it's cool to see though, that California has really made that shift. I mean, that's big, big numbers to hear you say that. I mean, that's quite a bit of, of decrease in contamination. Yeah. You know, and, and on, on that note too, you know, one of the most um, interesting and fascinating kind of insights I've, I've pulled, you know, over the last, um, you know, particularly the last two years, whenever this, you know, incredibly heightened level of testing has been placed on, you know, any producer processor, or infuser of a batch, you know, there's these, you know, minimum level, minimum quality standards that have been put in place to re, you know, to allow you to get your product to market. And so this, this like, it's, it's almost been a leveling of the playing field, you know? So for whether you have 60 acres in, you know, the deepest ag region of the state, or if you have a 10,000 square foot mom and pop garden in Mendocino County, you know, you, you, you regardless have to hit this minimum quality standard to get your product out there. And so, you know, I really see this kind of, it's almost like this inherent competitive advantage that is, is put in place for those that are in clean areas of the state that, that are on this level of cleanliness and understanding how to take care of this plant without poisoning it, you know? And so, you know, I mean, growing this plant, taking care of this plant, you know, it takes like some ancestral awareness and knowledge on how to take care of it. And, And unless you've gotten, you know, just smashed by every one of the worst, heaviest bugs, broad mites, or you know everything. It's like if you don't know how to identify, if you, I mean, if you if you haven't learned how to respect the plant on that level, then you're kind of constantly just like shooting in the dark, trying to figure out what's wrong or why things aren't working. And and oftentimes, kind of that level of um, compromise, you know, often almost pushes people towards, or you know, just lack of, yeah, just lack of this awareness on how to take care of the plant. It almost sets you up to. You have to not have to, but but to 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 bring you to a space where you might choose to spray a poison because you have no other option, you know, and then you're willing to compromise and sacrifice your own license in a legalized space because you know you're you're on the brink of you know something falling apart. And so you know we see it all the time in California because you you know you can't just be any you know geek off the street in that way. You know, just come in, throw a bunch of money at the plant, and think you're going to succeed. It's like you know, there's a whole level of you know, the plant teaches you, you know, all these things. It's like you pay attention. <laughs> and so, sure. you know, just, I just see, yeah, I just see this really beautiful path forward because, you know, I don't think it's going to go the same direction as every other industry that's been consolidated and corporate con- controlled, you know, because this, this is a, you know, plant that demands respect. <laughs> Alec, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll wrap this up. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not gonna copy what's on the radio. At the time it was all grunge that was on the radio and I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. 
Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I've got Alec Dixon, co-founder of SC Lab. So, Alec, we got about six minutes left. Tell me, what does SC Labs have planned for 2020 and 2021? I know COVID's been a, a, a crazy year messing with us and your businesses, but what can we expect to see from you for 2020 and 2021? So, so 2020, 2021. Um, so, so. You know, ten years. You know, this is this has been our entire life. Um, you know, now that you know, kind of we're in this new kind of hyper competitive space where you know labs from you know global consolidated lab corporations are coming in, and we're just seeing you know the the um, commodification of testing. You know, we we we're kind of you know we've been wrestling with this whole kind of you know we've been in this for ten years. We're of this plant. We respect this plant on a level that, you know, and then know this plant on the level that we pride ourselves in being kind of on the high thought leadership of the time, you know, the analytical testing science cannabis world. And, and so we're, you know, we've been wrestling with, you know, what really makes us different? What, how do we differentiate? And, and, you know, from our vast experience and awareness and, you know, kind of the hundreds of thousands of tests that we've performed on this plant, you know, we realized that we did our insight is really one of the biggest things that differentiates us. And so, you know, we've, we've begun over the last uh, few years to, you know, begin aggregating a lot of our kind of uh, terpene data and kind of uh, pesticide data, you know, to be able to, you know, try to help derive advanced insights back to, you know, those that we serve, you know, in the form of kind of helping to, you know, launch, we're, we're launching a terpene classification system that basically is like a, awesome. like a you know, cannabis terpene sommelier kind of, you know, I love it. I kind love of, it. Not, a, not a course, but. You know, there's always been this historical, you know, just out of date it, nomenclature like indica hybrid sativa to try to associate effects, and you know, it's, it's not doesn't really help anybody. And so, so we've been kind of characterizing the phytochemical constituents within the plant, and its primary, secondary terpenes, and and you know, developing a system to where you know, kind of like wine system, like there's reds and there's whites, and within there, there's the individual you know varietals, and so. 
yeah, we're kind of, you know, California launching over the coming months, kind of this pretty comprehensive terpene classification system that we're really hoping helps empower people to, you know, move beyond the THC arms race of, you know, just purchasing or selling based on THC number, but really helping empower people and farmers and the community with, with more tools that can help them to understand that it's not just cannabinoid content. It's this whole kind of phytochemical kind of expression that's shown that, you know, kind of, yeah, can completely get destroyed depending on the time of day you're harvesting, the middle of the day in the sun versus the middle of the night. And just, you know, just how, how precious these terpenes are that are these aromatic compounds that boil off at such low temperatures. And so, you know, we're really trying to just be disruptive in a way to help, you know, both to, you know, empower the community and move beyond THC as the sole number to purchase and consume from and to, to take a more diversified understanding of how the terpenes play a substantial role. But, and then also just in the, you know, kind of in the delivery of kind of fail data, you know, you know, my, my job personally, I've helped walk, you know, since 2018, I've helped over, you know, 1400 groups walk through a compliance fail. You know, so, you know, me and our technical services team, you know, we really built a awareness around, you know, the how, where, what, why is when a fail can happen. And so, you know, we're really trying to kind of deliver it back into those that we serve to help, you know, each one teach one, you know, to, to learn why something happens. So, that, you know, you can graduate beyond that ever being a hurdle in front of you again. Well, I love the added value you guys are bringing to your service. I think that is tremendous for the folks that are using you guys. Um, I'm excited to see your terpene classification system. You know, this is something I'm very fascinated behind with a plant. Uh, These terpenes are what really rock your socks in my eyes and really create the desired effect that I'm looking for from a neurotransmitter perspective and how I get these things working for me. And so I'm super excited to see when when this is released. How soon do you think we'll see this? Well, in the coming weeks, uh, we're launching kind of the first uh, first crack at it, and you know we're, we're partnering with some, um, you know, kind of dispensary uh, distributor, manufacturer, cultivators, kind of all the way through the supply chain to kind of help, uh, you know, empower them in, in, in with this system in each one of their spaces. Um, so hopefully, help the information trickle down to the consumer. And yeah, we're really hoping uh, you know this year will be a the year of the Terps instead of uh, the, the THC arms race. Cause again, yeah, that, you know, that doesn't do anybody good. It, you know, I think that, you know, is shopping or kind of searching for highest numbers, you know, really helps. It hurts the farmer and it hurts the consumer Agreed. most because it doesn't, yeah, it just spins them around in circles and doesn't give them the value that they're looking for. And so, yeah, but launching it pretty quick. Um, all right, Alex, let's wrap this up. Any closing comments here for our audience today? Greatly appreciate you coming on. Any last words here for our audience? Um, it's been a yeah, great, great pleasure. Great honor to be here. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, one thing I will leave with is, you know, the endocannabinoid system is one of my passions in life. And, you know, the endocannabinoid system is one of the, it's a great homeostatic regulating system in our body that helps to bring balance to all other systems. And, you know, I think there's this as above, so below kind of thing with the plant too, because this cannabis plant, you know, does this with our endocannabinoid systems internally in our bodies, but I think it also does it to this earth, you know? And so I think as, you know, cannabis has shifted from felony to public essential good, you know, I think over this, you know, time of quarantine and, you know, the, the, as the true economic impact is, 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 is hitting, you know, kind of both in unemployment and, you know, loss of business, 
you know, I pray that, you know, cannabis shifts, you know, continues along its way from public central good to strategic global national resource, you know, and then how we, we can team with this plant to help bring back balance and homeostasis to our environment, not just to our inter- internal body, but how we can help clean up the land and, you know, clean up the waters and, you know, utilize this plant as this great teacher plant to, you know, kind of begin a process, you know, of, of transforming the economy and, and empowering the green, the real new green economy. And so, yeah, I, I hope that I hope that we're on that way, and and I hope that all the listeners out there identify cannabis as a great teacher plant, also at, you know beyond the beyond the pharmacy to the farm. <laughs> Alec Dixon, co-founder of SC Labs, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.